You're listening to The Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, you. Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in Leuven. So welcome everyone to The Voice on Radio. We are back after uh, a week break. We also took our Easter break, right, Dashan? Yeah, indeed. Uh, and uh, hello, Anita. Hi, Dashan. So how did you celebrate your Easter? Did you do a egg hunt or did you see any rabbits uh, wandering in the streets of Leuven? I did see uh, wild <laughs> rabbits uh, in, the, in the countryside. Um, but otherwise, I, I just, uh, you know, normal uh, studying life. Uh, how about you? How are you doing in Italy? <laughs> Uh, same, actually. Um, it's quite celebrated Easter uh, in Italy, but I, I don't really celebrate with my family. But it's all about chocolate and eggs. And um, usually nice. there is a bit more eating than usual during Easter. So, And how is that in, uh, in your home country, actually? Um, well, um, so I, I'm from China. And... Uh, in China, of course, it's not a Christian country. So, I mean, I think for Christians there, they for sure they will celebrate uh, Easter, but generally, uh, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I imagine, yeah. but you guys have a lot of cool celebrations, more linked to the moon as well, right? Instead of uh, us. Yeah, it's more like an agricultural uh, calendar, the, the lunar calendar indeed. Yeah, it's quite fasc fascinating, but... Anyhow, I'm glad to be back um, after Easter and uh, we have some nice um, ideas in store. And uh, about, about food, I believe. Indeed, about food. <laughs> so this week, yes, uh, thanks for introducing this. Um, I'm interviewing um, a member of an interesting project in Leuven, the Alternative um, Protein Project. So it's about food and more specifically about clean meat. Uh, do you are you a meat lover or a meat eater, Dashan? Uh, I used to, and then I, I lived with you. Then um, I become uh, more and more vegetarian. Well, that makes it makes me proud. I'm honored to have yeah, indeed. I, I really habits. have to thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, I tried some uh, plant-based in Leuven, plant-based meat, and they're not too bad, right? Yeah, they're good. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't normally buy it, though. Yeah, you're more about just uh, noodles tofu. and <laughs> tofu. Yeah, that's another good one. Uh, yeah, but this alternative protein is actually quite new, so there's not even... I think I don't think there is fully developed uh, products yet. We don't even know about mo most of them. I think the plant base is just uh, a, a tiny little sec section of it. So uh, I think that will be quite interesting um, to talk about that. So I will just go on uh, with our first song uh, this week. I thought it would be nice to have uh, Dutch speaking, or actually the songs are not all in Dutch, but they're all uh, Belgian and Dutch singers. Um, I thought it would be nice to have this kind of selection for this week and I'm, I'm becoming quite a fan. I really like their music. Uh, so uh, cool. I still want to play my favorite artist, Frukje. The song mm -hmm. is uh, entitled 16 and Dashan, maybe you can go ahead with a translation in Dutch as you are mastering the language quite well. Right. 16 is uh, 16 in, in the Netherlands. 
<laughs> Good so. Exactly. So uh, enjoy Zestin by Fruki. Het is de zeventiende dag op rij en ik denk aan niets anders dan mij met jou of jou met mij. Ik schrijf jou al zeventien dagen en hopelijk blijf je. Het is de zeventiende dag op rij en ik denk aan niets anders dan mij met jou of jou met mij. Ik schrijf jou al zeventien dagen en hopelijk blijf je, blijf je bij me. Krijg de dingen op een rijtje, deze keer echt, want ik probeer het al een tijdje. Ik knijp me, want ik weet zeker dat ik droom en dat ik dadelijk wakker word en het leven weer gewoon is. Leven is een patroon en wordt verdacht veel beloond en ik zou je stem willen horen, liefde op de tas, ja ik zou voelen met mijn oren. Het is de zeventiende dag op rij en ik denk aan niets anders dan mij met jou of jou met mij. Ik schrijf jou al zeventien dagen en hopelijk blijf je. Het is de zeventiende dag op rij en ik denk aan niets anders dan mij met jou of jou met mij. Ik schrijf jou al zeventien dagen en hopelijk blijf je. Met mijn hoofd op mijn kussen Ik wil echt gaan slapen, maar je komt er steeds tussen Is het gek dat ik geniet van pijn? Als jij het maar bent die me laat zitten, is het fijn Want jij bent groot en ik maak klein Jij bent jou en ik maar mij Jij bent alles dat ik zocht Dus ik heb je met een stukje van mezelf gekocht Het is de zeventiende dag op rij En ik denk aan niets anders dan mij Met jou of jou met mij Ik schrijf jou al zeventien dagen En hopelijk blijf je het is de zeventiende dag op rij en ik denk aan niets anders dan mij met jou of jou met mij. Ik schrijf jou al zeventien dagen en hopelijk blijf je. Het is de zeventiende dag op rij en ik denk aan niets anders dan mij met jou of jou met mij. Ik schrijf jou al zeventien dagen en hopelijk blijf je. So welcome back to everyone. Um, so here we are to the core of our show today. I'm really excited uh, about today's show actually. And I want to introduce uh, right away our special guest of this week. Uh, so here with me today is Lander Hendricks. He's a Leuven born and raised and a professional swimmer is uh, finishing up a master in applied economics at the KU Leuven. So enough with my introduction. I want you to uh, to just let our audience hear your voice. So welcome to the show, Lander. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks, uh, Anita. I'm really uh, happy I get this opportunity to represent Living Old Protein Projects and to be on a radio show. It's uh, really <laughs> nice that I got contacted. Yeah, I'm also glad you could you're set here. this up during the pandemic. Yeah, definitely. I'm also glad to have a chat with you today. Um, so actually, um, Landre is here today uh, with us to talk about a very interesting project uh, based in Leuven that he is part of, as he mentioned, the Leuven Alternative Protein Project. And this is a quite new, like it's a newborn project, not even six months. Uh, right, Landre? Yeah, it, uh, it is. So last year, uh, a few people founded the Leuven Alt Protein Project. It's actually like a satellite from the Good Food Institute, which is, which is a really big organization uh, founded in the US, but they wanted to start these smaller satellites um, all over the world uh, in areas where they have 
like uh, universities and a lot of students gathered where there's a big opportunity for uh, growth in the open source uh, research where uh, academic programs could be started and where startups could be founded in alternative proteins. So yeah. Leuven was really like uh, the perfect spot to start one. And there were people enthusiastic um, to start something like that. And yeah, I came across uh, one of the members. They asked me to uh, have like an introductory conversation and I came on board. So now I'm here today, a few months later, and we're mainly focusing on the community aspect, but we really are uh, quite optimistic on what we can build in the future uh, regarding the entrepreneurial part, um, building out more uh, academic um, courses with professors and departments uh, to set up open source research to um, move the ball in the entire field, not just uh, in private companies. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, indeed, Leuven doesn't surprise me that it's really a thriving center of uh, minds and ideas and uh, yeah. research. So uh, that's really, that's really nice. And, um, and as for the, the project itself, um, in, more specifically, what is the the project? What does it aim to do? Like, what is the Leuven Alternative Pro Protein Project? If you had to explain to someone who has no knowledge, uh, no specific uh, knowledge regarding uh, the issues. So, um, we have this problem on our planet where we are using up more resources than we are giving back to the planet, um, and we think technology is the way to uh, improve our sustainability as humans without sacrificing standard of life. We can even improve standard of life or standard of living uh, while um, making it more sustainable. But technology is a way forward. Um, that's why I came, came on to the team because I know activism is important. It works. But if we don't keep working on a technology, we can beat out these, yeah, these Asian, these Asian ancient ways of producing our consumers, consumer goods, mm -hmm. um, like animal products, uh, meat, dairy, eggs, um, fish meat, and gelatin, right. stuff like that. Um, these are actually very resource incentive, uh, intensive products. And if we can develop technology to give people access to products that are as convenient, have a similar price or a better price, that are safer, that are uh, that give the give a similar uh, pleasure experience or a better one. Um, we should strive for this, but yeah this this won't come by itself so we know this needs this needs like collaboration and that's why the organization was founded and right. why mm -hmm. it has like all these all these help put forward by the good food institute i see yeah that's and how i would formulate it 
Okay, thanks for the introduction. <laughs> and uh, so if we want to go delve deeper into these alternative proteins, yeah. uh, what are they? And um, yeah, and this you probably already mentioned, but if you have something to add to why you think it's important to focus on this on this right now, both from the entrepreneurial and also from the research uh, point of view. Yeah, so I would put them in three brackets. You have uh, products that are cell-based. So we make actual animal products, but we don't use the animals, the living beings as a middle, middle product. So we don't have to produce the entire animal to get out what actually is, what actually end up being consumed. So you make, for example, uh, gelatin, without raising an entire animal or you grow muscle tissue without also growing the bones. Um, then mm -hmm. the, second, uh, the second bucket I would say are plant-based. So you take stuff from plants and you make a new product with it. And okay. then the third so bucket I would say is like uh, yeast-based with uh, fungi, or even other technologies that um, that aren't even developed yet. There's like air-based protein, even. Um, yeah, it's really promising some of the stuff we are still yet to put time and effort into, mm -hmm. but cell-based, plant-based and others um, like yeast and fungi are the three main ones. I see. So, for example, the meat we could buy um, at Coroid, the vegetarian yeah. meat, is that only a small portion of it? Like, which category does it belong to? So, the, the, the vision would be that in the future, the most common animal products would be safer, taste as good or better, have similar or better nutritional value, but they are produced in a less resource intensive way through cell-based agriculture. Mm -hmm. I see. So the application of these three, um, the, these three different categories you mentioned are all, um, the aim is to produce a finished product that is sold in the, in supermarkets. It's all meant to, to or we different... just, yeah. Or we just uh, help to further research and entrepreneurship and um, like social engagement to just um, add value to one of the steps. So if there is a technology to get like the almost finished product to make uh, consumer packaged goods, mm -hmm. but it is from a cell base, this would lead the price in stores of cell based meats to be a lot lower, for example. Uh, this is, we don't mm -hmm. need to make the entire supply chain uh, change. We, we can just add value to specific steps along the way. And then um, free markets will take care of the rest. I see. Uh -huh. So it's, uh, it's promising and expanding. And um, um, yeah. this is really interesting, actually, because it's quite new in general as a topic. And I think it's so interesting to start really get, delving into what it is and what are the yeah. potentials and what do you think what is the benefit 
which is what the, your project does, your network of creating this network. So linking researchers to the professionals more in, in practice. So what is the outcome of this if it goes well as you hope uh, of linking research and professionals together in practice? Uh, how does it happen? And why do you think there is a benefit in this linking of two separate worlds? Okay, like I, I believe, and we've seen stuff that supports this, um, that there's like an over demand for taking up uh, more directed um, courses to uh, get into the re research field. Um, so there are people interested in doing research on this, but there's not the, the academic um, modules that can be taken up are not mm -hmm. in line with what the demand is today because there's always a lag, but we want to reduce this lag and um, start creating these projects because there's also professors and departments that really think uh, sustainability is of primal importance and they, they want to at least put some uh, of the resources being time, being PhD students, being money into this. Um, and mm -hmm. because it's a rather new field of research also, and most of the research being done is held up in uh, private companies that don't open source their technology. Oh, okay. um, we think there's still a lot of ground, like low hanging fruit, um, a lot of ground to be covered. There's still a lot of low hanging fruit that just through networking and through putting the right people together um, and connecting the right people that can be solved uh, within a very short amount of time. And that's why we're really positive and motivated in uh, Leuven Alt Protein projects. I see. So for example, in the KU Leuven, is there a lot of research going on on the topic? As you say, it's mostly in the private companies. Um, maybe in the no, case of Leuven. No, not yet. Not yet. Um, like, you could say like most research is driven by industry and uh, um, alternative protein industries are still, uh, as compared to the traditional ones, really small in their revenue. And uh, most of the value that uh, valuation that they currently have is lacking growth potential, but there's not a lot of money going into that research yet, but mm -hmm. we project it will be in the future. And uh, if there's like this network organization, this can go a lot faster. This uh, We could have the same amount of published, published research in seven years that that would otherwise be there in 15 or 20 years right so you also want to level up a bit so shift a bit also this research in an area which is the academic like you say it's open so uh yeah. not only contributes to to the growth the fa faster growth of the of this research sector but also in general to to create more to open up the the knowledge on this topic right uh, yeah, it doesn't stay well within done. the firm but it is also um, yeah, it also engages more with the with the open community, kind of. That's kind. Of, that's really nice, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, before we move on, because I still have quite a lot of questions for you. No problem. <laughs> um, I would just have a short music break. Um, 
to cool off a bit and I chose um, a song by a Belgian band, uh, Balthazar, um, and it's called Le, uh, Leaving Antwerp. Um, I believe you, you also studied in Antwerp, right, Lander? Yeah, I started studying there. Yeah, and do you know Balthazar? Yeah, I've seen them live, I think. Ah, that's nice. I really, I really hope someday um, in the near future, as I'm in Belgium, I will be able to. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, they're still active, so you probably will. I, they're still active. They're still uh, playing together as a band. So yeah, that's nice. Probably will. I really hope. <laughs> in the meanwhile, let's just enjoy this song on radio. Uh, so enjoy leaving Antwerp by Balthazar. I'm leaving Antwerp riding on a train With your ghost who's driving me insane The uniform, the flag are on my mind Well it turns out there's nothing on the line I was destructed as much as I could be Still I didn't read your heartbreak
So welcome back. That was Living Antwerp by Balthazar. Um, so um, now that we are, as we are here with London um, and um, you're an economics uh, student, so I think uh, it's interesting uh, who, who better than you can, can tell us more about uh, the, the potential of uh, alternative proteins, of gaining even more popularity among consumers, becoming really commonplace. And okay. yeah, so from what I see, the offer of, for example, plant-based clean meat uh, is already quite large. There is at least five or six brands I can find at the store. But I also imagine mm -hmm. there's like the sector has even a, a better, bigger potential of expand, expansion in future. Also given yeah. like the urgency of finding alternatives, like you say, to the food sources that we have um, relied upon up until now. So as an working in the entrepreneurial sector, um, I would like to ask you more about the current status of the market and also, yeah. yeah, the functioning and the potential of this market to even further expand. Um, I imagine there's a lot of challenges and obstacles in entering it. So mm -hmm. that was, would be my question for you. Yeah. So. Um, I would preface it like this, um, because when you try to make like a replacement for meat, dairy products or eggs or uh, something else, um, you're actually trying to do um, like product development. It's like a technology. And in technology companies, you first have like a research and development phase, uh, which requires a lot of money and uh, time and brains <laughs> then you have mm -hmm. uh, a, a prototype phase where you like make a product see what uh, how well it performs um, how people like it and then you try to improve upon that um, after that you try to get to market with like one of your iterations of your prototype uh, after mm -hmm. your prototype and then you try to grow uh, the amount of uh, items sold. So you have um, a growth phase. And then you try to either keep the sales of that product stable and you add other products. And then you try to not have this big decline. Um, and you do that by either improving your products um, or just keep making newer products that uh, line up with the, with the demand in the current mm -hmm. day and age. But mm -hmm. as you see, this is with technology and the current technology is really uh, stale. They, they, they improve like the, the margins, like a, a sliver of a percent or 1% in a few years. But the potential in alternative proteins is that the rate of improvement of the product is so much higher the the resource efficiency is has such greater potential so we know to produce animal products it requires a lot of land a lot of uh, water a lot of uh, grain there's um, sometimes um, wild animals that uh, are 
yeah pushed away there's deforestation and so on mm -hmm. uh, there's like fossil fuel use and we know you can have like no resources used to produce a technology but the, there's only so much you can improve upon the current system that's why um, we need to invest in other systems that have uh, more growth potential when it comes to efficiency and and, and sustainability um, the there's a few challenges um, of mm -hmm. course um, the first challenge is um, how how to get the money there luckily there's a lot of um, of these super big investors that already have uh, acknowledged this growth potential in um, resource right. efficiency and land use and so on and it's more uh, like putting a good case on the table uh, for the technology you're trying to develop or uh, already developed partially or fully then the second challenge is um, to get it to market to get something to market uh, the price point needs to be there and i think currently most of the products that are already in stores they're still quite expensive compared to their um substitute products like um, if you buy if you want to buy um, a plant-based um ground beef it's still more expensive than a ground beef but you you can acknowledge that when the plant-based ground beef tastes as good or better than the animal-based um, yeah, ground yeah. beef but the price is lower or the same this is like a totally different scenario and that's where economies of scale come in if you can um, produce more um, at a lower price um, then the price of the product in stores can be drastically lowered while maintaining the margin of profit and mm -hmm. Currently, um, to make up for the money investment made in research and development phase, the price is still rather high. And I think the main challenge after developing a good product is making it affordable. Um, right. Yeah. The key, I would say. Yeah. Um, then the then there's still like convenience. Like if mm -hmm. there's so many recipes online and I think with enough time invested, a lot of people could make delicious alternatives, but it's just that you want to make it convenient because most people don't want to put in the time. So you have mm. the taste, which is like how, how you make the products, then how convenient is it? How do you have to put in a lot of time yourself? And then what's mm. the price? And this is actually what people want. I think most people would make the sustainable option if they had no downsides yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, that's where the challenges are and i think if like the economies of scale kick in and they can scale up production enough and uh, make their systems less uh, energy and resource intensive themselves um, this will create an all uh, an all different uh, playing field when it comes to consumer goods yeah. and actually like um like B2B goods, um, businesses will be using these products as well as intermediaries to make their own products. Yeah, and that's like a completely uh, dark side we don't even see, but that it's also moves a, a huge part of the market and the goods. So if 
a B2B is not only to consumers, but it's also a huge part of the commercialized products, right? So if that is also unlocked in the sense of uh, alternative proteins that are also becoming commonplace among B in B2B relationships, that I guess that will be a huge part of it as well, right? To make yeah, a real it's just, change. It's just about making the right technology and then finding a way to produce it in a cost-effective manner that that can be held on for years. Like if, yeah. you, if you find a way to produce it very cheap, but in the years after you have to stop because uh, corners were cut or uh, because the product doesn't stay as good if you produce it as a lower price and so on. There's a lot of things to be taken into account. Right. But mm -hmm. the main thing is to improve the technology. And there's not a lot of academic research going into this. And there's so many things still left to be researched like yeah. all the little processes of fermentation of uh, extraction of um, layering or of printing the reactors all these things yeah. there can still be put a lot of time into and even if we make like a tiny increment incremental improvement in efficiency this will move the ball like exponentially when it comes to uh, the price points right yeah and you're actually giving me a very interesting perspective which is like the key perspective the economic one as uh although i'm a sustainability student we don't look that much at that but that is actually the key to it all in the end because yeah i th i think um the part of sustainability um it is not really a well-defined um yeah, well defined sure. concept uh, as as they put forward in the new documentary Seaspiracy, uh, but <laughs> uh, sustainability entails that you can keep doing it for a longer time, and if there's is, if there's no positive cash flow, a company can't keep on doing something unless they keep getting money from somewhere or someone. Yeah, uh, yeah. To something that isn't producing a return, but nobody, there are people that do this, but there's not a lot of banks or uh, investors that will want to put their money into something that they are highly, um, that they are very Risky. likely to not get something back from. Um, yeah, definitely. And so I think part so of the sustainability is to eventually produce positive cash flows. And to do this, you need to be competitive in the markets. And this is not just having a good technology, a good product. It's also having a good price point. And yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's why the technology um, can yeah. make a difference. There's just so much more upside in um, efficiency to be covered. Yeah, yeah. Because like you say, very little, uh, very small amount of people would uh, would invest and just risk it um although it's nice to say uh, or to think in that way in terms of sustainability everybody will just be trying to help the planet but it's actually still uh, the market rules still our system um whether we want it or not <laughs> if you ask yeah, me there, but... there's, there's also legal boundaries and how people perceive certain products but if if something is like five times as expensive and the product is not even as good as something you could buy for a lot lower price, people won't yeah. keep buying it um, or you would have to put a lot of um, funds into marketing to change the perception a lot. So I think mm. 
it would be best to uh, at the same time improve the perception um, improve the price points and improve the actual product quality right right and um as you're now in the team and working on this project for a few months now, um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you can give me a few examples, like more practical of what these the industry industries who become part or contact uh, the the living alternative program project. Um, what do they do? Uh, what are they working on? And also, are um, they already in the market or are they trying to enter it somehow? No. Um... So some companies we've already been in contact with are already in the market, but you can understand they want to get good people into their organization. They want to make other products in the future and they, they have incentive in like more open access research. So um, they, I, some, some people want to um, be in one of our events and have like one of the lecture spots or um, they want to um, light up the spark in students um, that maybe want to go into this research field. Um, and right. then, yeah, what, what we're actually trying to do is um, make, make, make these pawns move in the right direction. So the, the dream is to have a really big community where our team is at the center and then the community um, we can help them by if they want an internship opportunity we can provide it to them or be like the intermediary if people want to get into research we can connect them with the research departments that have one these slots available or where you can apply and if um, people have an idea of or the students that finish their research want to start a venture, they have the support um, and already um, access to the network to start up a company in a faster way. Or uh, if the company, if there's already a company that is um, in business, they can start a new product line or start developing a new product faster. So it's most of it is about connecting people between academia, uh, the community, yeah. and entrepreneurship. And for the as for the entrepreneur, the both sides. So on the one side, I would be interested just in a few examples of like what what some of the interest industries do in practice. Do they make like plant-based meat, or what are their main products? Just if you can share um, i can share uh, actual the names but um they for example make a b2b product or they are looking into um cell-based meats or they are um looking to make uh, better plant-based um products mm -hmm. okay yeah. So it's both B2B and, and to the consumers, uh, B2C? Yeah. yeah, because B2B is, is um, a lot bigger than most people assume, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. It's not yeah. just yeah. The, the amount of money that that is uh, flowing, but Absolutely. it's also the impact because they don't make like very small um, volume purchases. Yeah, if, yeah. if they decide, oh, we're going with this. Uh, supplier mm -hmm. they 
uh, order large quantities. So mm -hmm. if the supplier changes from like um, uh, a very resource intensive but cheap one to a slightly more expensive but more sustainable one, this is a big win for almost everybody. And yeah. um, the mm -hmm. we know most of the money is in these big conglomerate companies but we've already seen in the last six years, most of them are already making moves. They are acquiring these um, sustainable companies yeah. or they are starting companies themselves or they are starting uh, new product ranges that are using these um, more sustainable mm -hmm. um, intermediary products. So we already can see uh, by looking at the news that these companies already are moving their strategy towards this. So if it's interesting for them financially uh, in the future to divert more of their money towards these sustainable products, they will do so automatically. And the more um, other companies are doing this without the funding of these major ones, the more pressure is on them. And then they will eventually be acquired uh, companies or they will be targeted to be bought uh, bought out but um, yeah right yeah. The, just competition can work into our advantage like market dynamics can work in the advantage of sustainability mm -hmm. it is important we understand that um, there's not only downsides to people trying to make money exactly exactly yeah that's what i was trying to yeah the point i was trying to make we i, f I feel like as a sustainability student i i've been um yeah just the, they're trying to put this idea in my head that it's kind of enemy the market is enemy but it's actually the way forward uh, it's like we have to adapt otherwise we're sustainability will, will not be filled in its three dimensions right the economic yes. is a huge dimension of sustainability so i agree with you that it can work in cooperation like for market can work for uh sustainability as well although like you say it's a buzzword so we should maybe give a definition before starting our conversation but i guess we yeah, both get, can, have the same just, idea you can just um use the term like resource efficiency like how much do we need to put in of what the planet has to offer to us and what we already have extracted mm -hmm. to get something out that uh like keeps our standard of living the same or improves it um, right mm -hmm. and as we can get the perception part right and the regulatory uh chapter right it's it's more like creating something better or something as good with less resources. Um, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's really possible. But I think improving technology and putting time and effort and money into research, this is the way we can get there. And yeah, exactly. There's also always this inertia, like the status quo. Is really heavy and it's hard to move it but sometimes a powerful technology just can be groundbreaking and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it takes a lot a big number of innovations to get a groundbreaking one out of there but if you're not producing at a high volume these new technologies you don't have a you don't have a 
you're a far cry away from from hoping to get these groundbreaking innovations that really change society at a deep level. Yeah. So yeah we need to up the volume of uh, technologic innovations in the protein sector. Yeah, let's really let's really hope that your product is um, you will achieve the dream that you mentioned and uh, just expand further and really contribute to this to this yeah, change. Yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with making like a slight improvement because it puts pressure on other systems. You don't have to be like this um, society changing technology company to contribute, but. No, Sometimes absolutely. one of them mm. will get out, and I think just upping the volume will benefit most of us in yeah. significant ways. Yes. Yeah, and you're setting something in motion in any case, so that's already huge. So yeah, yeah. So that's that's good. Well, it's a good note to end with, actually, as we need to wrap up. Uh, but I would actually, I would be curious to ask you more personal question before we go. Uh, after your yeah, graduation, sure. do you? Uh, will you keep going with this uh, in this field? Put your knowledge to the service of alternative proteins after graduation? I will for sure stay on the team of a Levinol protein project. And um, I'll first try to uh, earn some money, get a job after my studies. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I really have like entrepreneurial aspirations and I'll see where my ideas lead me and my uh, connections. Yeah. But um, I'm really interested in health, and I think the uh, sustainability really is connected to health. So I think, in one way or another, I will be yeah. in the alternative protein sector <laughs> in the future. Yes, that's nice. Uh, well, good luck with everything, and thank also you. thank you very much for being here and. Uh, enlightening us with uh, with this project and the, all, all that is around this project and yeah and uh, um people can visit the website uh leuven all protein project um yes thanks if you for... want to join the team um just hit us up um we're still not fully built out and we have a lot of uh a lot of ambitions in the coming year um yeah good that you mentioned i should have been the one advertising no, a bit no more problem. but um, <laughs> good job on that that's good uh perfect then i will just introduce the next song um uh, this artist i recently found out she's actually from leuve c'est la su yeah, and she yeah and she was born and raised uh in uh, near uh Lifdal. do you know where that yeah. is i have to admit i don't yeah it's a bit outside of leuve so you have the the parts uh, just outside the ring and then uh -huh. a bit outside of that you have lived out. Nice. And my friend told me that uh, she saw uh, Selasu uh, biking the other day and I was like, yeah. really, <laughs> I hope to see her one day. I really like her music. So I will introduce um, her song, Raga Mafi. Raga yeah, Mafi. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. So enjoy really Lander <laughs> and enjoy everyone. Say so. I say this my song for you, my friend. 
Welcome back, everyone. That was uh, Raga Muffin by Salasu. Um, actually, it's a quite cool uh, musical uh, genre. It's like a mixture between rap and reggae. Do you like reggae, mm -hmm. Ashan? That yeah, I do like reggae. Jamaica. <laughs> it's really yeah, nice. Very, yeah, very dancey and jumpy. Yeah, I think it fits this uh, relaxed mood, Easter mood of these two weeks. So. That's nice. And she's from Leuven, so support for the locals. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, yeah, we're heading towards the end. Um, I would like to, as always, remind our listeners that they can check out the articles of our writer's team um, on our website, thevoiceleuven.ve or veto.ve. On Facebook, The Voice International Student Publication and Instagram, thevoice.kuleuven. And then as for our radio shows, past, present, future, you can always check them out on Spotify, on The Voice on Radio. We will upload this one in the next few days. And uh, that will be all. Um, maybe I think Dashan has something in store for next week. We can give a little glimpse before we go. Yes, indeed. Um, so... I'll be interviewing a friend of mine uh, at the Institute of Philosophy to talk about uh, Spinoza, the Dutch uh, 17th century philosopher, especially talking about uh, his concept of joy and happiness. Uh, please uh, stay tuned. Nice. Then we can all uh, learn something, I think, always from your, from your dear philosophers. So Hopefully, that's, yeah. <clears throat> that's good to know. Uh, perfect, then let's just um, introduce the last song, uh, which I also recently found out about. Um, he's a Dutch uh, songwriter, and this mm -hmm. song uh, was released in 2014. It was like at the peak of the chart of the music chart in uh, Belgium. 
and okay. um, it's called Sexy Aussie Dance. I hope you guys and Dashan as well will dance along it. It's hard not to. So enjoy Sexy Aussie Dance by Nielsen and see you all next week. Ooh. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Sexy Aussie Dance.